I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me, we got David. Your very own horror version. Very own. Officially back. Yeah, it's, I've been like MIA for like a here, solid yeah. like three weeks. I'm sorry, everyone. It's just life got in the way. It's okay. Sorry, right. you're here now. You're back. So don't worry about it. You're back. I'm back. You're back. Also known as Knightley. On the other end there, we got Freddy. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever, also known as Nighty Night. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. Now live with a what? By pleasure on Patreon, you have access to this show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, completely new month. So fucking excited for this month, everybody. <laughs> this is our Pride Horror Month. So much horror pride up in this motherfucking household. So far so that we actually had to get some help for this not just from any single person here we got multiple people coming for you guys this entire month which i'm so excited to officially have them all on this show but we're bringing folks from the lgbtq horror community specifically to help us break all of these uh queer horror films down cannot fucking wait and we're starting that off with horror in session Reina Cervantes, welcome Yay. on! Hi, hi, hello! Y- y- yep. Clapping all strong. around. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm very intimidated that you're like, uh, oh, you're gonna be the one kicking off the Pride Month, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I, 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 as soon as I was thinking about this month, you were the first person that came to mind, and then I kind of had my like my list of people that I knew I wanted on this whole little. Voyage. <laughs> so thank you so much for honestly agreeing. This has been really cool to set all this up. And you and I kind of picked the movie together, which you were super stoked about. So that was really cool as well. So thank you. Yeah, not a problem. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the film that we are kicking this whole month off with everybody is Knife Plus Heart. First and foremost, thoughts. Who's going to launch this discussion? <laughs> Shit, David, you go. Oh, okay. now, you know, the one? Yeah, you go. You, David. you go. We haven't heard gotta, your voice in forever. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. I really, um, one thing that I really found myself liking about this film is the film noir feel to it, you know? Very <laughs> much have a uh, abstract uh, investigation going on here, and that's kind of what kept me reeled in. And um, I think this film also has very sh- strong cinematography and an amazing art direction and a great soundtrack um i constantly soundtrack, oh my god yeah i found i constantly found myself thinking the the art direction and the music that were accompanied by the scenes that uh portrayed its style approach melded in so well together and uh the fact that it was shot on film like bravo i think it really lends credit to itself um with it being set in you know 1979 it really gave itself that vibe um a lot of confusing moments for me like a lot of the dream sequences confused me when it came to um 
dream sequences that maybe weren't in black and white or if the black and white inverted moments were dream sequences and it kind of took me a while to get my gears rolling but um and of course it goes without saying i love that you know i think this is maybe one of the first lgbtq plus films that we've done on our show um uh implied yeah so we've covered some before but obviously we're not the group to totally talk on that so i never really truly brought it up but yeah yes yeah this is the first one that is very much on the nose that yes this is yeah it's it's refreshing to to um uh, watch something that fits within that representation um because you know we don't at least for our show and at least for myself i i don't see that a lot so uh, i was very appreciative that i was able to take the opportunity tonight to watch it so oh Oh, yeah good good i'm glad you enjoyed it reyna our guest of honor what about you Ooh, uh where do i even start with this damn movie um i (laughs) i'm in love with this movie it's for sure like probably one of the best movies i've seen in like the last like five years um because 2018 correct um yeah 2018 it's just it's a knockout it's got all the ingredients for stuff i love like it's like evocative of like italian cinema it's it's got like this like international feel with it it's shot on 16 millimeter it's gay as all hell Uh, (laughs) like chef's kiss to every every one of those aspects but also like (laughs) deep in it i feel like it's so layered that like the discussion around it it can go like many different ways um and i'm sure we'll dive into that but um like on the surface level it's this beautiful work of art and even down beneath and it seems it's still like a beautiful work of art i love it it's awesome i could agree more like honestly this whole piece of this film and it it was funny when i first got semi-introduced to this film it was just me honestly scouring on shutter one day and i was like i really want to watch something different and i was (laughs) on my day job i was riding the bus to work and i put it on and the first scene happened, I was like, okay, I can't watch this here. <laughs> <laughs> can't watch this here. I'm going to have to watch this later. Mm-hmm. I ended up continuing it on my lunch because I was like, I, I, wanted, I wanted to see what was going on. I wanted to see every aspect and the fact that it was heavily implied that this was a Giallo-based modern horror film based in the 70s when Giallo was rampant. But mm-hmm. it was beautiful to see that. And I really found myself quite in tune in those aspects for sure. But Freddie, what about you, my friend? So yeah, also I went, first time, right? Yeah, complete first time. One in nice. mind. Didn't see a trailer. Didn't want to look it up. I was like, cool. I'm just going into it. Fuck That's it. The whatever. Way to fucking do it. Gotta do it. And I have to say, <laughs> uh, I'm sad to say that I fucking love this movie. It's actually really great. <laughs> it's actually this fantastic. Movie rules, man. This so, movie rules. It's one of those things where. I'm a big filmmaker guy. I love how movies are made, and this movie is made so beautifully. And I think, Randa, you really put it together. It's it's like a piece of artwork, and the colors are just so vibrant. And the way it was filmed with film itself made it feel very authentic and very real to its time. And the story itself is like like you said, deep layered. There's a lot of stuff that you can kind of like think about and deep dive into it. And it's kind of a very emotional film too. There's a lot of emotion that actually jumps out of the screen, kind of grabs you with all of its, like, music. The music is so good. I can't applaud that music anymore. But I was actually randomly pausing because I was like, 
huh, if I randomly pause here, that could be easily a poster or a piece of artwork. Because they're really good with centering the shot, and they're really good at like zooming out and seeing the whole entire environment. And every time they were in the club, in any club scene, I was like, this is the best shit Gorgeous. ever. Gorgeous. It's like, where can I Gorgeous. go to this place? Um, but yeah, overall, I thought the acting was very top tier. Uh, felt very realistic, very genuine. And the story just, yeah, very interesting. So it just grabbed my attention from start to end. So I enjoyed it. That's great. Oh, I, yeah. I love that. And I love that because uh, foreign films, I feel like this doesn't happen as much now. But at the same time, all of us are very heavily in the the film industry in some ways on, on a very interesting level. Um, but a lot of people who aren't really in that or who aren't really like cinema fanatics or anything like that, we do hear a lot of like foreign films getting the shaft. And that sucks because this film is just made so beautiful and with the way that everything is presented and placed on the table for you it is quite palatable and i find that to be something just eerily fantastic about it and the fact that i love that this movie is one not necessarily for like a new horror fan for sure it's very unapologetic where I'm, i love it i'm just like yeah shove that dildo in that guy's mouth absolutely like let's, let's <laughs> fucking go like so like it's things like that that just make it so wonderfully bliss and mm. appropriate for what it is trying to purvey and showing I, I would even say some people that like a whole different life beyond your own there there's a whole different other set of shoes like whether it be the porn industry or um, the LGBTQ community and how things are kind of centered around that and also a fantastic fact that they put in there where the cops didn't give a shit about it and was just like this is at the bottom of our list like this and like that shit really happened and it was yeah. really that fucked up like it's just yeah. it, it's it's crazy to even think about it but at the same time it's just like that shit happened but let's Let's fucking jump into this because I'm, I'm really super excited. <laughs> Knife Plus Heart, directed by Jan Gonzalez, released June 27th of 2018 with a runtime of one hour and 50 minutes and a budget of $4.1 million. This movie does kind of look expensive, so I'm not like, yeah. I'm not mad at it. But a box office of $341,000. I didn't even know this was released in theaters, but we got a box office, so there it is. A rating of 81% on Rotten Tomato. In my opinion, this needed to definitely be in the 90s, but it is what it is. We open to the sound of a reel being loaded in, a gay porn scene with two men in a jungle while other voyages from the trees. Beautiful. Just right off the bat. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you, 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 get, you get this fantastic use of awareness in their mm. area, and it's just... And it's funny because it's just like... <laughs> These are the best, like, are the most well-acted porn scenes I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm just That's like, wow, a these really are good point. Really well-acted porn scenes. <laughs> you brought up how you started watching it on public transportation, and I'm sure somebody glanced over and went, "This man is watching gay porn in public." Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure Top someone did. I, I still got that day job, so. <laughs> but also so at the luckily, same time, uh, while they looked over, oh, but it's in film. 
He's a classy dude. <laughs> I, I was I was about to say two things. Like one, yeah, it opens with literal gay porn, and two, it, it opens up with cinephile porn with like the film reels <laughs> and all that. Yep, it's oh, it's yeah. like straight up L- L- <laughs> a film fanatic's dream right there. It's just like we don't matter the footage; it's footage. <laughs> Got to the porn star um, dancing at at a club uh, when he notices a masked, curly-haired man touching himself while watching him. This mask, by the way, flawless. We jump back and forth from the nightclub to the woman uh, rewinding the footage while the star is kissing on another man during the party. The masked man mysteriously leaves but looks at him before he goes, uh, calling him over with his eyes. That shit was just fucking glorious. The star is intrigued to follow. He walks up the stairs, dodging a crow, which we actually find out later is a grackle, which is a... Another bird, I guess. <laughs> then seeing the, the masked man standing by a wall. They caress for a moment, the masked man throwing him on the wall to lick him. Cut to the star tied on a bed, stomach down, the masked man kissing, touching, and ripping through his underwear straight off. I ain't gonna lie, that shit looked like it hurt. Like, like, <laughs> I was like, like oh, my the pain starts. <laughs> <laughs> well, that shit looked like it hurt. I mean, it might be the fact that... Uh, I, I don't know. It just looked like it hurts. <laughs> um, the porn star is absolutely into it, but the masked man gags him with the mouth of his underwear. Right off the bat, though, like you do get the beauty behind everything that is shot and centered, and it's quite incredible to see how everything just looks this clean cut and good. It's mm-hmm. quite incredible. The man pulls out a dildo, slowly running it down his back, then exposing a blade from the tip. He stabs the screaming porn star repeatedly until he dies in a pool of his own blood. The crow watching the slaying. Then title card. Woo-wee! David, what is running through your mind in this whole moment? (laughs) It's a huge opening, and I was like, oh, damn, that escalated quickly. I can only (laughs) imagine what the rest of the film is going to be looking like but you know what actually intrigued me the most is the i'm just gonna call it a crow the crow i was like whoa yeah this is a familiar mm-hmm. like what is this so Ooh, oh sure yeah. oh wow. okay Good yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in a way it kind of was though right exactly like it, yeah. it kind of like it followed him everywhere even though it was technically blind and we could see that it was blind but like mm-hmm. And it looked great. Like, that bird looked really good. And yeah, the, I, it didn't the, look like a CG or animatronic bird. It looked like a real bird that just exactly. colored over the eyes. But looked great. Fuck. Have any of y'all seen Opera? No. I have not. You've seen yeah. Opera, Reyna? Okay. I, I own so, the Blu-ray back here. <laughs> see, this is why we're friends. Opera, <laughs> this gave me mad vibes of Opera with the crow and the, or the grackle mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck it's called. Um this it just gave me those vibes because the same concept like with the crows watching and then the crows plotting their revenge and then it was literally a murder of crows which is also so that will be on our list one day (laughs) so you always hear the like term like oh this is very like argento like and like people i i want to have faith in people but i feel like people kind of throw out that term a little bit too much um (laughs) But this one is truly Argento-like in, like, the way that it's framed with, with the Absolutely. crow there. Um, and then just the colors. The, yeah, the contrasting color palette I was going to bring up mm-hmm. is, like, very evocative of, like, I'm just going to go with, like, the popular one, like, the beginning of Suspiria with, like, yeah. how contrasting that color palette was. And then kind of at the same Orgies. time you're watching this heinous, like, murder act take place. But it's, like, in a way right. super, like, beautiful. Um, yeah. 
you could tell right from the start like it's not very male gazy because it's not framed in a way that like this is supposed to be sexy or turn you on right um right it's framed in a way that like you're kind of like asked to admire it rather than get off on it yeah oh what a beautiful way to think about it cut to a woman named Anne running in Paris during 1979 she stops running then walks to a phone booth cut to the phone ringing in the film studio Lois or I think it's Lois but she calls her Louise but I think that's just how you say Lois in French I'm just gonna say Lois because I'm not French Lois (laughs) picks up the phone she isn't excited to hear from Anne but she tells Lois that she needs her because she had a nightmare and I love their kind of correlation of their toxicity in their relationship Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anne shares uh, shares briefly what the dream was about, telling her to hold her hand. Lois speaks that she that she is, and asking for her, asking for her to say that she loves her and to come get her. Lois puts a stop to it, reminding her about their agreement of seeing each other only at work, claiming that it that it is over for good. Anne asks for one more chance, promising a better a, a better her without any alcohol and lying involved. Lois tells her to sober up and go home. Anne gets pissed, calling Lois a bitch and giving her uh, what ifs. Lois doesn't take the bait. She tells her that she is tired. Anne asks, asks for her to not hang up, apologizing for yelling and asking to come over. Lois tells her once more that it is over and poetically claims that, quote, her heart runs dry, end quote, hanging up the phone. Anne is about to is about to cry, softly calling out for Lois as she slides to the floor of the booth. I love how they actually add the heart a lot in this film. The heart of is like the crux of everything, which obviously knife plus heart, but that's the beauty behind Giallo. It's so poetic with their detective style mysteries because that's what Giallo is. It's just detective stories. Like, but um, well, and more like whodunits, I guess. But uh, just in a very artsy fartsy way. I really um, enjoy here how they have uh, Anne so genuinely portray herself as emotionally manipulative, right? Yes. Like they're not using exposition to to show that it's it's. If anyone is familiar on how to acknowledge someone that's uh, emotionally abusive in a relationship, they could probably see that here very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Yeah. Cut to um, Archibald. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Raina, please. Oh, no, no, no. I just wanted to add that, like, this this like second part of the opening really sticks with me in the aspect that it establishes right in the front that, like, these toxic relationships can exist, like, in queer, queer spaces. Um, just like straight spaces. Ooh, wow, good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Sorry, I'm putting on chapstick, everybody. So it's kind of <laughs> awkwardly quiet, but I'm talking, so it's not awkward quiet. So we cut to Archibald seductively directing a scene with three guys dancing in their underwear. You like that, Freddy? Anne comes into the room, Archibald calling out to her, but she walks right past him to go upstairs. Archibald kills the music, then demands the, the men to take off his their briefs because it is time to get to work. Straight to the point. Anne is trying to gain the courage to open the door for Lois, but instead she goes into another room. Moving the films out of the way, she looks through a peephole to spy on Lois instead. Lois is working on a scene as Anne watches through a hole. This is so fucking giallo. <laughs> like, Dude, it looks like this right here is yeah, beautiful. Agree, it looks amazing. <laughs> and this oh. is where I started seeing like me as like someone who loves film and how stuff is made. I was like, first off, the phone booth scene how it like slowly Beautiful. zoomed out and it was all centered and there's like that blue light and it kind of like hits her face and you just 
look at the environment and you just feel the emotional impact that they're having with the conversation. And mm -hmm. forgive me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure before the title card, there is no words of dialogue. Right? Uh, I don't know. Because I put that in my notes, I was like, so you far there is no right. dialogue yeah, that was I think you're ever right. spoken. Like, the two who are like making love and stuff like that and he just gets killed, they never say anything to each other. Right, they There's never no say anything. Words. And the first conversation that's introduced to us is a toxic relationship like you guys were talking about. And Fair I was enough. just like, wow, that's a really good contrast because we saw like a lot of differences of like what was going on, what was technically physically violent versus something that's like verbally violent mm. and taken into different contexts. Lord, someone knocks one of the r workers bringing on more film. She asks him if he if he knows what's what's on them. He smiles, telling her to guess. She smiles back and continues watching from the people. <laughs> I kind of came up with a joke in my head. I was like, what, porn? Um, <laughs> back downstairs, <laughs> Archibald continuing his direction and enjoying it. Anne comes over to inspect their work, but she doesn't seem too impressed. With fire and anger, she calls them boring, grabbing their th theories. Thierry's? I, I can't really say his name. I think it's, I think it's like cherry, but with a th. So fairy. I'm gonna say that. Um, that Thierry's right. head, demanding him to um, bite his co-star. She tells him to lay off the dope since he can't hold an erection. He blames it on their pay, not the dope. She tells him to fuck off before walking off the scene. Archibald calls for mouth of gold. He walks in asking for who Archibald, sharing that theory needs it. He gets to work while Anne tries to ease her stress with the cigarette. I love the fact that they have, like, the fluffer come in. Like, that's just, that's what they're called, right? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that sounds right. I, I heard that in, in uh, what's that movie? Zack and Miri makes a porno? I don't know. I feel like no, that's, that's right. No, that's a very that, that real, real job. That's a real, it's a real job. job. Okay, no yeah, way. see, I, I knew you, I wasn't making that up. You guys are up north. Just go around and ask uh, ask about the armory up there. No, I'm kidding. That's fair. Yeah, that's Don't do that. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the power exchange, that is very fair. Um, she looks above, <laughs> noticing Lois having a cigarette whilst um, staring at her, and gives her a slight warm smile. Uh, cut to Archibald tr uh, driving Anne as, he, as she sleeps. Transition to a negative film of a barn on fire and the camera flashing on a curly-haired man with the eyes with their eyes wide out. This is beautiful. I love those contexts of giving us an extra piece of the story while we're getting to that piece of the story. Like that is just really clever to me. Even though it's on the nose, it just seems very clever because we don't really see that in film. So I think that's really well. Um, uh, back in the car, Anne wakes up, asking him to pull over. At a construction site, she whistles and walks up to the particular worker. She asks for his name. He tells her nonce. Uh, I love how they just pick people up, too. They're just like, yo, <laughs> you want to work in porn? I got the job for you. We're, sh we're short on girls, though. <laughs> <laughs> great comment. It, it, it was great. And I love how he was just like, all right, well, shit, I guess let's do it. How much you paying? <laughs> um... <laughs> Good for nonce. Good for nonce. Anne compliments him and asks about how much money he makes working in construction. About two grand a month plus bonuses. She tells him that she uh, that she came to pay him uh, to. Oh, excuse me. She tells him that she can pay him uh, more for for the same in about five days. 
I mean, that sounds enticing. She <laughs> continues complimenting him. Nan's asking what he has to do. She shares her profession and her intentions. A little intrigued until she tells him that it's boy on boy. He tries to deny, but she pulls him in, seductively whispering that he has nothing to worry about and he may even enjoy it. And writes down her number on her chest on on his chest, then putting the note into his pants. That was fly as fuck. Like it was that smooth. was fly as shit. I was just like. Psh- yeah, I would call back too. Like that was fly <laughs> as fuck. She <laughs> she goes back to Archibald excitedly, uh, commenting that she found a gem, claiming that he reminds her of uh, Fwad. Going to the passenger side, she excitedly explains her her idea of finding common people for their scenes. Did we ever truly find out who Fwad was? I don't think so. But From my understanding, Fwad was famous. just a talented um, actor, right? Like That's in what it sounds this industry. Like. That's what it sounds like, but, like, they say his name so much, obviously because Nons looks like Fwad, but, I like, it felt like one of uh, the two lovers were Fwad. I don't know. It was interesting because, of, like, the, the curly hair and the resemblances behind that, but I don't know. That was interesting. From my, the, yeah, from the my understanding, Fwad. it seems like Fwad was just... Uh, someone that was very popular with watchers of the films they made and very successful and kind of built a reputation on being a star in this industry and everyone and also a likable and uh, seemingly an attractive person that everyone kind of falls for and can't help but to like have a crush on Um, that's how I interpreted it yeah because was a little looker himself even though he kind of looked like a little kid. Archibald is not too sure about his idea, but Anne claims that she's excited and it will impress Lois. Anne is asleep on the couch, Archibald reading a newspaper until the phone rings. It is an inspector named Morsini waiting to speak with Anne. Archibald covers the mouth on the phone, whispering for Anne to wake up. He asks the inspector what is it about, Morsini sharing that it is about one of their stars, Jean-Marie, or Jean-Marie, I believe that's how you pronounce that name. Um, Archibald, who I'm now going to officially call Archie because that's too long uh, questions if they're uh, talking about Carl cut to Anne speaking with the fu- with the police about Carl finishing his seventh or eighth film with them they are notating her words Marcini asks about what type of films she smirks smartly asking him if it arouses him when he hears it's coming from a woman fantastic I love I love how just like non giving a fuck she is She's just like, this is my profession. Whether you like it or not, this is the type of shit I'm going to do. I love that. And she's good at it. She's really good at it. And obviously that's what probably gets her, I guess, in trouble with Lois too, though, right? Because she's clearly an alcoholic. She takes constant swigs out of that uh, whiskey that she has in her coat pocket. And it's intriguing seeing how she uses that as a way to kind of crutch herself from her reality so i find that fascinating the scriber smiles at her response but morsini is back to business sharing that carl was stabbed multiple times in the rectum Whew. shocking man who, who else did this but it wasn't as tasteful uh <laughs> uh was it american horror Fredkin story or uh cruising that too that too yeah. But American Horror Story is the one I was thinking about. Uh, Hotel, where they oh. had, like, it was the first episode yeah, with yeah. the drill, and I was like, this could have been more tasteful. So like, that one just... is, a, is a lot less tasteful than Cruisin'. Yes. So. 
that is true. <laughs> yeah. So you're that, not wrong. That is true. <laughs> uh, it, it's interesting too because I mean that's Ryan Murphy's show, so it's like you would assume he would have he would have made that a lot more tasteful, but yeah. I'm just going to throw my hands up on that one. <laughs> she is shocked, just like Reyna, getting up to take a drink. Morsini asks if, if he had any enemies. She doesn't answer right away and claims that she didn't know him well, adding that he was insatiable on set. Um, it would have been interesting if she would have if she would have answered that question where it's just like... Um, when he asked, like, oh, do you know if he has any enemies? And if she would have just been like, yeah, anybody who's straight. Like, that would have been like, oh, shit. Like, that would have been some crazy shit and honestly truthful shit because we learn later of how they even treat these cases, right? I, yeah, and and there's... Sorry, Raina, if you want to go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I'm, well, I'm still collecting my comment. thought. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I mean, you. See, I, I think there's history that shows that um there are like people that identify as straight that do end up targeting the lgbtq plus communities and um yeah like and they're targeted right extra straight thing that they have lately that i've been seeing going around which has been absolutely ridiculous like what the fuck oh man i don't even know what that is i mean i'm like not even on social media anymore so like that sounds good for you terrible already good for you just from the name (laughs) Yeah, I, I think that's what it is, like extra straight or some shit. Some super guys straight or away. something, like when you only do oh, that is people. Super straight, like it is superpower. so fucking stupid. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I feel like this movie, all the characters are so um, embedded into their own like queer spaces that yeah. the thought of an outsider coming in and doing harm like this killer is or even asking the f- police for help, like it's, it's invasive it's like mm. this is like our world detached from yours where we found our mm. safe spaces and where we could be who we are and love who we want and do whatever we want and to bring in outsiders or like threats into that is it's it's like almost like crossing a boundary in a way oh wow it's a very I good com- yeah i never thought of it that way that. i know. completely agree claiming that he loved verbally painting a picture of an orgy that he was a part of. The scriber stops typing, Marcini telling him to continue as Anne poetically explains the feeling behind the scene. Um, and honestly, I even put here, and I put it as a joke, but I'm actually dead serious. I never heard someone talk about porn so beautifully before. Like, it, she really loves her work. And that is just so inspirational. <laughs> like, it's just the way she was talking about it was just like, Yo, I fucks with that. Like that, yeah, yeah, you obviously really enjoy your craft and you really enjoy what you do, and that's dope. Cuts to one of Archie's scenes with two phony cops trying to get get up all up in that. <laughs> hey. One of the cops inches closer and closer to Archie's crotch, playing the playing the role. We move back to see the rest of the film crew and smiling, calling cut. She calls for a break and everyone walks off. Archie sees Bochi, who is mouth of gold, at, by the way, everybody. Figured out his real name. Um, crying, he goes over to check with him. Bochi calling Anne mean for using Carl's name for a scene, claiming that she never cared about him. Archie tries to console him while sticking up for Anne's vision. He asks Bochi if he knows what happened to him. He claims that he doesn't, or he would have told the cops by now. He sobs, asking why would anyone want to hurt Carl, claiming that he was beautiful and that he loved him. Someone calls for Bochi's assistance, and Archie rubs him, telling him to go. 
Meanwhile, Anne is speaking with Theri about his pay not being ready until tomorrow. He demands his money. She threatens to fire him. He threatens her back with not being able to get an erection. Fair enough. It's just like, if you want this job to work, I'm going to need to be wrecked, <laughs> yelling that he'll never work for her again, slapping the bill into his hand. Anne takes this, do this uh, excuse me, Anne takes the di the dolly to deliver them to Lois herself. Anne is upstairs, but the no Lois. Dailies? Lois is walking alone. Say it again. Yeah. Say it one more time. I'm sorry. The dailies? Dailies. Thank you. Oh. My apologies. Uh, no, 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 so sorry. I, I was just trying to make sure, like, what what you were talking about. I was getting confused. No, no, you're you're absolutely correct. Yes, it is dailies. Thank you. Um, oh man, I dropped my cap to my water. I got to be extra careful now. Hold on, y'all. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, uh, Lois is walking alone in the club, being followed. Meanwhile, Theory is shoot shooting up heroin in a beat-up car. Anna gets out of her car, knocking on the door to the club. The door person asks for the password. Anne mentions that she has a friend with Lois. They smile and move aside for Anne. And this club looks great. This shit is popping. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just like, man, so I was, the music's <laughs> insane. Like, everything just looks fun. Like, it just looks so much fun. and Invoked uh, very much cyberpunk vibes for me. And I mean, like, yes. the genre, not specifically, fair. like, no, the game. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. No, well, Both, yeah, the game I guess. <laughs> People gl glitching through the floor, like the game. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> People floating. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, man. Um, the, M the M83 score is just fucking excellent here. Is it like, M83? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, yeah, the so good. The one, yeah. yeah, that's who did the it's entire soundtrack. Incredible. It's uh, the wow. director's brother um, is in no M83. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, good. It's <laughs> really, really cool. That's all my notes in here. It's like, everything looks beautiful. Colors, the lighting, everything. Music. I was like, this is probably one of the best scenes in this movie as of yet. That's literally my notes. I was like, yes, this is my vibe. I love it. So <laughs> So dope. She works her way through the dancing crowd. More dance numbers in horror, please. Like, that just needs to be a thing. Like, just more. Because that, that dance number more. that they have on the ground below, so I was like, good. this shit is amazing. It's, it's like, like a... it reminds me of, like, Dead and Breakfast. <laughs> yeah, it's like a <laughs> like moment of joy. dancing scene. Yeah, um, seriously. Yeah. It's just, Before, it's like, really... all the heinous stuff that, like, starts happening again. I mean, fair like, enough. It's a good contrast of everything. And great camera movement, too. Yeah, I agree. Oof. Meanwhile, Theri is high as fuck. The Raven. I, 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 this was before they said grackle, y'all. My bad. I don't. I'm not into <laughs> birds. What, what do you call that? Birdology? I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> the, Theri is high as fuck. The <laughs> the grackle landing next to him for a moment before flying off. Back with Lois, straight feeling herself as she dances on the floor with the rest of the crowd, and she is fucking jamming. She's like white girl dancing all over the floor. She dances with someone and watching from above. Cut to the masked man looking for Theri, unzipping his pants, forcing the weaponized dildo into his mouth. And the fact that it's a weaponized dildo is fucking genius it's like a great weapon the, of choice it is it, it, it's because it, there's always that piece of weaponry inside of giallo it's just like what kind of weapon are they going to use like what is it going to be in opera it was fucking anything you could find but <laughs> so can we can, can we bring up like do, do not Please. watch this movie with your parents like at all no <laughs> or do you're into it <laughs> or do Listen, did you watch I, this with your parents right now 
I, I, I did not because, uh, okay. like, granted, my parents were the ones that showed me cruising way back in the day. But even Fair I watched enough. this one and I'm like, it gets to this scene in particular where he's like shoving it in his mouth. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to watch yeah. this with my parentals. <laughs> <laughs> it's like another line of awkward. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, might sit this one out and watch it by myself. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. It was at this scene when I was during my lunch. I was like, all right, I'm going to have to wait until I get home. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I, I get where this is going. I'm going to have to wait. Um, he screeches from excitement as he thrusts it back and forth inside of his mouth, then pushes the knife through the back of his skull. Lois starts kissing the person that she is dancing with and somberly gazing at her from above. She goes back to the studio, carving something into the film. We check on theory, and he and he's dead. Like, dead, dead. He ain't, he ain't there no more. And I just love the whole aspect of the warning with the bird, though. I just still think that's yeah. really, really amazing. It's it's like the... the uh, Omen. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, cut to Archie in a phone booth for a, for a scene calling Nons, who is playing Detective Detective Rasid. Me me me. Um, sorry, y'all. I don't speak French. They play for the, they play their roles to find information on their murderer, and Archie starts touching himself. At a point, it was a little hard to like find. No pun intended. To find um, like when the scenes were happening versus when it was like not happening it was a bit tough um but because the first time i did watch this was back in like 2019 i want to say and um yeah i think it was around there that sounds about right but this was my second time watching this so i forgot a lot of this but good times Nans is um is getting a fellatio while archie rapidly masturbates and them finishing at the same time score um <laughs> it's interesting about nonza's name because it's so close to none and it's just mm. like it's kind of sacrilege and I, I love it lois is laughing at the scene calling Anne crazy the camera moves to Anne wrapping the scene and is in is um it's stealing on her laughing lois continues watching spotting Anne's car uh, carvings they spell quote you have killed me End quote. She plays it back until someone knocks on the door telling her that they found Theory dead. Cut to them drinking, one of the stars scared about the killings and them still continuing to film. Archie bluntly claims that they aren't that there isn't anything to worry about because of Theory was a junkie. Uh, also adding that Carl wasn't a saint either. Anne sarcastically asks about the cops and what they are doing to solve this. Archie mentions that they came by yesterday to ask a few questions, but still no leads. Anne excitedly tells them about her new title, Homicidal. <laughs> Great be title. What a title. <laughs> Better than that first title, which was like, what, Anal Fury 5? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do I need Amazing. to see the first four? <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to understand what's happening uh, in this Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. Well, Bro, this legit. is the... <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say this is like the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff of that. Of the oh, yeah. Anal Fury franchise. <laughs> Amazing. Legit, though, like, I was thinking, I was like, that is a fucking fantastic name for a queer horror podcast. Homicidal. That mm. is genius. Mm. Somebody <laughs> trademarked even a, that. a queer true crime podcast. Like, that would be sick. Man, 
I demand my money tomorrow if y'all do this. They ask if none of this affects her. One of the women asks if they are filmmakers flirting with the idea of doing a scene with them, calling herself a slut. Archie tells her tells her to forget it because they, they just focus on gay porn, while Raba claims that he doesn't mind. They start making out and laughing at Raba's boyfriend, Francois. He tells them that they sleep with whoever they want to, even though he is, like, pissed. He was like, man. Got All right. a little jealous? He right. did. He definitely got jealous from that. Uh, a group of people come into a bar. Archie, knowing one of them, calls out to Martin. They come over to Archie, saying hi to Francois as well. When they sit down, Martin shares that, that he goes by um, Misha now. Um, and I put Mishka on accident, but it is Misha. Misha. Misha calls over the ladies in their in in their crew. Francois starts filming them as Misha introduces Pato, Farida, and Dominique. She explains that it is comforting for, that she that she has someone to help her. Anne calls for them calls for, excuse me. Anne calls them over, asking if they want to star in films. Dominique asks how much, then laughing at making fun of the price of working with Anne. <laughs> Way to shoot her down completely. Just like that's how much you're paying us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cut to a dreamlike sequence of uh, dreamlike sequence of a scene uh, where a gloved person is moving through curtains, showing different sexual acts. The um, and touching them as they walk by. They are about to get their pants unbuttoned, but they are shot by Archie and Nons. With heavy breaths, they check to see who the assailant is, acting surprised at who it is. They continue their acting, Dominique playing the role until Anne yells cut with a smile. And Dominique's, like, acting, the way that she portrays herself when she acts was really good. Like, the, the voice was just so velvet and smooth, and the delivery was just so like haunting on how perfect it was it was really really good to see she's kind of a perfectionist in this movie at least in her craft i agree mostly in her life because obviously her life habits kind of get in the way with a lot of different things including her relationship but i just continued like being amazed by this movie and how well shot it is and kind of like what you said like this like porno is like high production value i was like all right Bro, you kill I'm it. Like, you. You're making like an Oscar-worthy uh, porno over here. <laughs> like, I'll take it. Can they, you imagine the first porn that wins an Oscar? They don't make them like they used to. That's where that phrase came from. This fucking movie. This show. That, and I put here in my notes, too. It's like, I'm going to tutorial of like the behind-the-scenes work in the porno shoot. This is really cool. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> super fascinating. It's yeah. absolutely fascinating. It's uh, Archie not, calls not rap too far oh, sorry. off. Sorry, I was saying it's is not. It, is it too, not? Because see, um, I won't I, say how I, I honestly, know. But I don't like, know much of it. It's it's <laughs> it's fair. not like, entirely off base. Very authentic. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Which is interesting because I, I, I would love to it. know how they did that. Like, not like how they did it, but like I would want to know the process of like who they talked to about like how this industry was. Yeah, I, I love That's the fact fair. that it's like a movie within the movie because they're technically making the same movie that they're in with the same storyline yes. and everything like that, yes. which I feel like is great symbolic creativity. And I was like, oh man, this movie is cool. I like it. Great storytelling. It's, it's, yeah, it's a make for the gays. Completely made it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Quote that. That is fair. That is. Yeah, we'll call it wank. That needs to be a wow. tweet. That wank. needs to be a tweet. 
That needs to be a tweet. It really does. Roll. That needs to be a tweet. Archie calls rap on filming and telling them about their work picnic. Anne goes up to Francois asking how, how she played the role. He comments that she was great and she continues asking for compliments. He showers her with them, leaving her with a smile. Anne is in a bar, uh, someone asking if she would like to dance, but she denies her. The bartender pours, pours her another drink, chatting with her briefly about the song that was playing. She takes a drink as two people are signing on a, are signing on a stage. Oh, excuse me, that's signing singing <laughs> i put signing why did i do that uh, the crowd of women laugh at the stage act one of the singers are dressed like a bear clawing on the other singer releasing a fake gory mess this looks great it is too much for Anne, and she decides to leave cut to her at the picnic smoking a cigarette while the rest of her crew are hanging out archie recites poetry as they feed each other caress and just enjoy each other's company they look at nons lying down commenting that he lo he looks like flawed missia uh missia and her friends run up to them popping bottles like straight up they're just ready uh, farida starts screaming in pain screaming that her, um that she is having a baby um and it is coming out <laughs> causing the others to play along and laugh a bottle shooting out from her crotch area skills i yep. mean i was like Yo. skills like <laughs> Masia goes up to <laughs> we're just not true that true that exactly there you go france got talent paris got talent you know what they just got talent like they're they just talent. all talented folks like the acting that they have in these shots and everything flawless it's funny because i was wondering if they would do like a scene where it was just super terrible acting where they like go up to someone with the bong chicka bong wow music and they're just like hey you need a wrench fixing or some shit like that i don't know i guess i haven't watched <laughs> That's them, like, too porn, much though. 70s porn <laughs> they wouldn't, they wouldn't <laughs> do that in gay porn <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> i mean a wrench needing fixing right a it's wrench needed fixing. A wrench needs the wrench needs the fixing. The wrench doesn't exactly. Do the fixing. That's what I'm saying. It it makes no sense. Like most porn, <laughs> their porn makes sense. That's the thing. And maybe I I haven't seen too much gay porn in my life. But if not all of it. But um, with that being said, I I am intrigued now. Is gay porn, does it just have better acting in general? Or is it just this movie? I don't know. I don't know. It depends this on the company. A, <laughs> fair enough. This will be a recurring question to each of our guests. Messiah <laughs> <laughs> goes up to Anne, toasting to the film and Theory and Carl. Messiah asks if she is waiting for someone take, um, taking her hand telling her to concentrate and forget about her surroundings. Thinking that it is palm reading, Messiah tells her it is about feeling. This is also just very beautiful, the way she's doing this. She tells Anne to pay attention to her dream, adding that something is holding her back. Anne tries to pull away, Masia asking for her to, t to stay and, continu and continuing. Lois slowly walks behind her as Masia tells her to follow her, her dream's path. Anne sheds a tear as she looks up at Lois, the raven landing on her shoulder. She pets the bird, and the area is consumed with violent winds and storms. Lois grabs Anne and they run in the opposite direction. She kisses Anne, her asking Lois if she wants to come home with her. Lois tells her that she can't, saying that uh, she shouldn't have done that to begin with, but she loves her a lot. Adding that she always has, Anne is about to kiss her again, but she stops her, suggesting that they shouldn't be underneath a tree during a storm. 
fair. She has a, she has to catch a train and offering to give her a lift, but she tells her no and runs off. Messia is alone, screaming for her friends. The camera spins, the masked man behind her, moving closer and closer with each spin. He stabs Messia in the back in his in the most beautiful way possible, turns around, turns her around for a kiss and allows her to fall down to the to the ground. The masked man runs through the forest. We cut to Anne driving and drinking in the rain. Lois gets out of the taxi. Anne calls out of calls out to her. She tries to run back to the taxi. Anne pleads for her to stay. Lois apologizing for earlier. Anne confesses her love for Lois, scare, uh, scaring her to scaring her as she walks backwards away from from Anne. Lois is pinned on the wall. Anne forcing herself on her. Lois begs for her to stop. The masked man watches from above, his raven cawing. Anne turns to see where the where the sound is coming from. Lois running away from her. Quick transition to the negative footage of a barn on fire and someone who was also on fire burning, uh, running out of it. Wow. This moment's super this intense. Is, this moment is insanely intense. Mm. There's, there's obviously a lot going on, first and foremost, yeah. even with the death of Masia and also with this particular scene and how she forces herself and literally molest um, Lois in that moment. But I love how it... In, in a moment, it felt like the masked killer was an anti-hero for Anne, right? Or, excuse me, for Lois in that moment. And it was just, it kind of gave me the vibes of, like, uh, The Crow. But, yeah, yeah it, was, it was super interesting. Super interesting. And we're going to cut to a message from our sponsors. And we are back with Anne asleep on a bar couch. What a beautiful place to sleep. She is woken up by a woman asking her when did she last go home. You know, I've only been to a bar like maybe three times in my life. Wow. Mm -hmm. Responsible. Thanks. I, I actually, I, I've, ne I've never even been drunk. So like, I don't even drink. It's just water. Impressive. Is it? Go. Yeah. That's impressive. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I think that is very impressive. Yeah, because you get me in an Alamo draft house, I'm like stumbling out of there when we leave. Oh my god. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love I it. There we go. House. Oh my god. Yeah. Ours should be open now, I think, in SF. I think, that's, I think it's open now. All right. I'll, I'll join, join you. up there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll join all of you. Yeah. And she ask out. if she is home there. The a woman agrees, then shows her a newspaper article. Jump to Anne, slamming the newspaper article on uh, Morsini's desk of Messia, oh, excuse me, of Messia dead on the front page. She angrily asks about them having any leads, continuing about her actors being killed and them being targeted. He comments that the investigation is confidential, advising her to stop to stop working for a bit. Um, continu continuing his suggestion for her staff to also stay home. She, reluctant she reluctantly agrees, leaving out of the office to smoke a cigarette. While outside, Morsini's colleague comes out to share that they, that they do actually have a clue, finding bird feathers near two of the dead bodies, but they are still testing from what kind of bird, sharing that unfortunately their case isn't much of a priority. Um, and this is just fucked up. Like that, That's when we kind of hear that moment, um, and it is just really fucked up um, but I like that he's helping her and he's just like yo like obviously we're not doing anything about this but you care about these people so take this so you can hopefully try to figure something else out so we can help you 
Uh, she's not surprised, but she asks why he's uh, why he's there telling her this. He pulls out a box with a smile, telling her that he likes to keep souvenirs. This was a little creepy. <laughs> it's like it's like oh, I, I like to keep souvenirs from the crime scenes. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thanks, but why? Why do you do that? Like that's that's weird, friend. That's yeah, agree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she. Well, not only that, but, I like, but I like it how was she nervously one... opens it too. Not only that, but it was the one feather in a box. So how many boxes do you have? <laughs> if you have this just for the one feather. The questions are not being asked. This is it. How many boxes? It's like a Resident Evil one. box, too. It's like a big yeah, Fortnite box. <laughs> like, it was It was super just like, Antique. okay. Yeah, like, okay. it was a very special box. And I like how she was just weird as, as weirded out as the audience is as well because we're just like oh and she's just like oh <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> am i gonna see a fucking finger in here like what are you doing <laughs> oh god she opens she, <laughs> she opens it up in a black feather he tells and a black feather is inside he tells her to keep it cut to archie and Anne in their flat archie comments that the people are terrified to work with them Anne agrees that they will uh take some time off to let let this blow over she asks if he's heard for from Lois, he has he has excuse me he has a sharing that they uh, spoke this morning and that he knows everything Anne did. She asks about Lois. He co commenting um, that she's in shock. Then how else would she be? And I like how Archie was upset with her too. It's just like that wasn't cool. Right. Like she deserved consent in that moment, and that wasn't cool of you. Then she shares she shares to let let out a excuse me then shares to let a lot of time to pass while um, smelling her hair. And and asks for the phone book to look up bird shops. And I love how Archie is wearing like a Charleston shirt <laughs> from like Charleston, Rhode Island. <laughs> I'm just like, what, why would you visit Charleston, Rhode Island from <laughs> France? <laughs> That's a really good point, right? Like, why would you come over here when you live over there? <laughs> Fair. That is fair. That is very fair. But I, I like to think that, like, maybe it was, like, a memento or something from, like, a porn scene from, like, an American actor they had who oh, came there. And it was just like, maybe. here, take this shirt to remember me by. Just like, cool, we already got you on film. Um, he doesn't understand why <laughs> she hands him the feather. Archie inspects it, the feather casting off a light on the phone book. Quote, a 14th Street of Charms, end quote. Anne opens the door, heading inside, uh, waking up a woman sitting at the at this insanely gorgeous piece of stone art um, architecture beautiful kind of reminds me of Gretel and Hansel um, the woman approaches Anne and lies that her aunt died and they found a feather in her trunk She pulls out the feather from the box, the woman gently touching her mouth to silence her. She calls for a man named Pierre. He asks where'd she find it. She is about to lie again, but the woman grunts for her to tell the truth. She just mentions that it's a secret. He smiles, telling her that the feather is, is from a white-eyed grackle, claiming that they are blind. He continues that the last recorded sighting was back in the 18th century. The people that spotted the bird thought it had it have mysterious powers, and that it would save people from certain death. The power to absorb death and fly to the sun, flying so close that they went blind. Anne asks if the forest still ex if the if this forest still exists. He whispers something inaudible in, in her ear. Pierre pulls out pulls 
pulls out his hand to touch her face, but he, but his hand is deformed like a bird's foot. The woman tells her tells her not to be afraid, explaining that he has a rare, a rare genetic disorder. It, it beginning with his hand, then eventually spreading to his whole body. He spots something, pointing in that direction a bird flying away, then switching the negative footage of the two people kissing in the barn while, while someone watches and hammers down a blade as it flashes on the screen. Very interesting what the bird can see. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you all, is, is, is that a dream sequence or is that reality? I think that's real, right? I, I, uh, is it? Yeah. I think it's real. I think this is where the movie goes like full Italian giallo, where it just throws 100%. all logic and everything out the window and just confuses. Just like, <laughs> now, no more sense. Yeah, confuses <laughs> the fuck out of the audience. It's like it's like that, like right before that last act in a giallo, where it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, is there a what supernatural the twist to this? <laughs> yeah, because that to be. Fuck? I have to be fair, once I was at this moment, I was like, wait, am I missing, like, a huge chunk of something? Like, where did this like bird you, person come from? Like, you feel like a reel out of the movie is missing, missing, and you're like, wait, what the fuck? What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> Why are we here right now? Yeah. So like the only point of the exposition of the story right now is like, oh, you're just telling me where to go next. But you have a bird hand. But you have bird hands. Why not? <laughs> and, and, and why therefore, not? you you know a lot about birds. It, it did the it, it does the giallo thing where it's like so confusing, and then they'll like explain it like in the last twenty minutes, which is pure exposition. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it, and it's it's one of those things where it's just like yeah, I still have no idea what the fuck that was about. Got to hand awoken on a train. Got to hand awoken on a train to um shallard. Oh my god, I cannot say this word, which is why I try my best to only put it in here once. Shaladre. That Shaladre. Sure. Nailed it. The forest <laughs> location where the crackle is found. She cuts she gets off of the train, sitting on a bench, a, a letter um falling out of her purse. It is from Lois. She says, quote, Anne, if you're reading this, Archibald must have followed my instructions. This is the last letter I will ever write to you. I loved you. For ten years too madly completely but last night in a matter of seconds you destroyed all of that the memory of that love you turned into a monster i love i like to see you dead hurt you the way you hurt me but i can't only tears pour forth i'm sick over loving you Anne. it's eating me inside i must undo the ties binding me to you everything we shared i won't work for you anymore but before i leave i will finish editing the film in exchange i'm asking for you to never seek me out ever I hope you'll you respect this one last request. End quote. She is sobbing from the letter, interrupted by somebody calling for her name, an older man letting her know that someone reserved a room for her in his inn. She wipes her tears. <clears throat> excuse me, but then follows Mr. Vanier to his inn. Inside the inn, Vanier introduces Anne to his daughter Kathy, who will take her to the forest. Fuck, I could say Vanier, but I couldn't say Chaladre. <laughs> Kathy and Anne are walking along um, the still swampy river, chatting about Kathy's time in Paris. <clears throat> oh my god, something stuck in my throat. Excuse me, everybody, my apologies. Kathy and Anne are, um, are walking along the swampy river, chatting about Kathy's time in Paris. Anne pulls out a, a trust, her trusty alcohol while Kathy asks if she's married. She is quiet to Kathy's question. Anne offers her some liquor, and she accepts. Pointing in her, in her 
uh, pointing in the direction for her to go inside the forest. Anne thanks her, telling her to not worry about her and that she'll find her way back. Kathy doesn't answer, allowing her to go alone, but then shouts that she can come with her since the forest is fast. Anne yells back that she will be fine, continuing forward into the forest. Deeper, Anne goes into the forest, stopping to take a drink, asking herself what she's doing there. What is she even doing there? Moving forward, noticing a woman kneeled in a cemetery. Approaching her, the woman leaves, revealing Guy Farvray's gravestone. Jump to a black and white scene with Guy and someone else with the burning, um, with the burning barn. Anne kneels at the gravesite, the woman asking Anne if she, if she was a friend of Guy's. The woman comes closer, asking Anne to take care of Guy when she sees him. She claims that he speaks to her, brings her flowers, changes the color and positions, commenting that it, this, this is their secret language. Anne reaches for a flower. Her, his mother grabs Anne's hand, begging for her to tell her... Sorry about that. I had a little bit of technical difficulty there. But Kathy is waiting for Anne in her car, picking her up. She asks for if the excursion went well. Anne tells her that she, that she saw a cemetery and the, and that the lady was there. Kathy knows who she is speaking of. She tells Anne that she that she knew him, calling the woman insane. She begins telling the story of Guy and how he died. Him and his friend Hickman died in a fire 15 years ago, completing that the barn was set on fire, but Guy's body wasn't found, just Hickman's. Rumor, rumor says that Guy killed Hickman and set the barn on fire. She adds that, the, that it took two years to get a grave spot, his father only putting his clothes in the grave. A couple, a couple of days later, he died and, everyone, and every day his mom goes to Guy's grave with flesh was fresh flowers. I was going to say flesh flowers. Whoa. Valentine's Day gift. Not on, not off brand with Prince though, right? Um, <laughs> and ask about them finding anything, anything of guy, but they found nothing. They pull up to, to the inn. Kathy asking for more alcohol and gives her the last sip. Cut to, Lo to Lois, ignoring the phone and allowing and, and allowing it to ring while smoking a cigarette. Back with Anne hanging up the phone from calling Lois, Anne wakes up Vanier asking for whiskey. He allows her to have some, some as long as she doesn't con continue sharing with Kathy, sharing that she had a drinking problem, adding that she wanted to leave, leave him to die. And this is interesting, because drinking problem aside, like, this is still hella toxic, right? Like, yeah. of him, like, wanting to kind of keep his daughter in a hostage sort of situation by not allowing her to pretty much pursue the shit she wants to do and you get that very much just like oh i've never been to paris i really wanted to go to paris and now we see why she's never been to paris because her fucking dad won't let her go that did sucks. you guys also catch in this moment that he seemed like he had a bad eye mm -hmm. he had a what a bad, a bad eye. eye yeah uh, i didn't catch that actually like no. it looks almost like carved out yeah so oh I saw that and I was like, hmm, that seems interesting. And I feel like it's in tune with something we see later, but I'll, I'll bring that back up. Mm, good shit. Good shit. Yeah, that's definitely. Um, oh, you know what? I do remember that. It's kind of like yeah. a little scar by his eye, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anne goes back to her room, reading a note from Kathy that says, quote, You seem to be interested in Guy's story. I found these articles for you in my father's archives. His, his hoarding hasn't been entirely in vain, after all. I'm not sure I'll see you before you leave tomorrow, but I was happy to meet you. I hope these flowers will remind you of me. Your friend, Kathy. 
end quote. Meanwhile, Kathy is watching her through her window as she reads. Interesting enough. Anne calls Archie, asking about a script and, and for him to schedule auditions and share that it pays three times more than previous. She tells him that she's not insane and that she and that is like an intuition. There is a photo of Guy in the article, it transitioning to a, to a curly-haired masked killer looking at his reflection through its blade. Love how maniacal he looks. So beautiful. Good. And the costume is just, it just fucking rules. Cut to the to the, a new scene called Hex Rated. Sick. Archie is being whipped with, like, bro, her name's with these scenes, dude. Like, like, they're <laughs> so good. So good. Archie is is being whipped for a scene, then Anne calls cut. Lois is um, going through the, through the edit, her noticing someone walking in the background of the shot where Anne reveals herself. Back to the scene continuing. Um, um, Anne, in, excuse me, Anne isn't happy with the lack of passion asking for Bochi. They share that, that he's scared to leave his house. They come up with an idea calling out to Archie, and he understands. Lois calls Moon, asking for, her, for them to pick her up from work. The, the lights start to flicker as she asks for them to come quickly. The power shuts off. Uh, kill, oh my god, why did, I, why did I write that that way? I don't know why I wrote it that way. I'm going to say what I was trying to say. The power shuts off, killing her call. She prepares herself with a pair of scissors. Meanwhile, the men sh shut off the lights during the scene to capture the scene. Do you think they shut off the lights and that shut off her power, or do you think the killer actually shut off the lights in her place, but he wasn't even trying to go up in there. He's trying to go in the cave. I mean, I guess they answer it with, like, the rats chewing on the wires. It was just a coincidence. That's fair. I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Those rats would have got fried. It's another great contrast of, like, two different scenes kind of, like, going on top of each other. And it just all makes sense and correlating together, yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. They cut to fix the camera. Archie asks Anne if she's okay. Lois is wa is walking to the breakers, opening it and startled by rats inside. Quickly back to the scene, the lights flickering back on, showing that one of the stars' throat is slit. This is awesome. Lois is driving uh, with Moon as the others are trying to figure out what's going on during their scene. They're just like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Like, it's like scary movie. Um, Anne screams for them to come out. Lois calls for Anne, the killer running towards, uh, towards her, wielding the knife. Lois runs over to Anne and taking the stab rather than her. She falls into, into her arms, the killer running out of the cave. Anne yells for someone to call for an ambulance as the knife lays lodged in her heart. She sobs, asking Lois why'd she come, begging for her to hang on and adding that she that she will never hurt her again. Meanwhile, Moon is walking inside the cave, slowly walking towards Anne and Lois. Lois has a smile on her face as Anne speaks to her, but she then passes. Anne sobs, screaming for her. This is so romantic, <laughs> honestly. Like, it, it's just, it's so beautifully, I guess, orchestrated with everything. And I love how how climatic this scene is in some ways. Like it's just it's absolutely incredible on in how this is paced out and how this is utilized, I guess, as a tool for, I guess, the killer and things like that. Because the, the killer obviously was aiming for Anne, right? But with that, like, mainly because we'll find out later. But it's just interesting how this whole scene plays. I love how Moon was just like not even phased though. Like Moon was just like, oh shit, she died. 
like, <laughs> like, like Moon was like not phased at all by this, and that was great. <laughs> Got to Anne in a restaurant drinking, checking the newspaper, the article saying that the manhunt still continues, showing a drawing of the killer's face. A pretty good drawing. Uh, she flips the page of seeing the just a dark mask. It was pretty good. It was just dark um, mask curly hair. I was like, that's spot eyes. on. That's him. It's a mask yeah. with the eyes, and that's it. Killer. Okay, I think I know why I love this this killer's costume. The collector. It reminds me of the costume that was in the collector. Right. Mm, fuck. Very much so. It reminds me very much of that costume, and little, that's one of my favorite costumes. A little less uh, luchador-like, though. That's fair. Totally. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Although, that luchador shit was fire. It, listen, I first saw that movie, I was like, woof. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, bring on the Mexican horror, let's go. I was like, oh, <laughs> I wish this was a Mexican horror. <laughs> Man, for real. Uh, they're still making the, that third one, I believe. Uh, besides the point, we'll talk about that in the post-show. Yeah. Uh, cut to Ed in, the, in a restaurant drinking. Oh, excuse me. I already said that part. Um, <clears throat> showing a drawing of the killer's face, she flips to the pages, seeing that her newest video, Nasty Homicidal, being advertised. What a time to be alive. You know what I'm saying? Fucking pornos being advertised where you can go watch video nasties <laughs> in the movie theaters. What a time to be alive. It's France. It's France. Um, do they still do that? Is that a thing still? I don't know. I don't know. If, if anyone mean? knows, please tell me, because I, I, I genuinely am curious. We cut to her film playing in a theater and Anne coming inside to see, to uh, coming inside to watch with the small crowd. Nance goes up to the marquee, sharing that he's in the movie. She gives him a ticket, and she gives him a ticket like all seductively. She's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the movie, huh? she's like, I watched it twice. Uh, while the movie finishes, Anne sm um, smashes her third cigarette, taking another drink from her whiskey. Nons comes in, taking a seat. A man in a white suit comes up to Anne, complimenting the film for its beauty, adding that he's seen all of her films, and, and this one is her masterpiece. She gives the credit to Lois while shedding a tear. We fade back to black slash red of, of the film starting again. The moviegoers watching each other enjoy, quote-unquote, the film. And boy, they're having a good old time on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, not <laughs> yeah, they're <Sorry>. enjoying it. <laughs> they're, they're, good, they're, they're, they're having fun. Okay. Having a good time, having a good time. Um, <laughs> I am curious on, like, that environment in general, like, of how that probably felt to see that, like how comfortable some people are versus how people some weren't and things like that maybe this is their first time going to that i guess it's kind of like a strip club in a way like there's some people a lot more comfortable in the strip club than, than others who would go in the first time i know the first time i went i was super nervous i didn't throw my ones i placed my ones on the stage i didn't know what to do that's just that's just how it was <laughs> I, but like if you're in a strip club and you like just see someone like whip it out and start masturbating like wouldn't you just also oh, like, I feel like no <laughs> you know like that's just like that's oh, weird shit. what are you doing like, whoa what the hell oh hell <laughs> I didn't know it was that type of club <laughs> I, I think that's totally not allowed though right I, I would assume that's I no one did that in like the club I went to at least like, that's not allowed right question that is not allowed yeah, it's not right? allowed yeah like yeah, I, I only that it was like, I certainly hope like I would, I would hey, definitely. What hope. goes on in the private rooms stays in the private rooms. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. 
Bless my young, naive mind. Nod's thoroughly enjoying his work as he watches his scenes with absolute awe. A man asks about him being in the movie, thinking that he's flawed, placing his hand on his shoulder. Nons tells him no, removing his hand from his shoulder. And he does it like nonchalantly, not in a rude way. He's just like, he's like, nope, I get that all the time. Thanks, but I'm not interested. Uh, the man gets up, revealing a, a man with a hat and a mask covering his nose and mouth. His face is burned. The man has tears coming out of his eyes. While Anne is watching the ending of the film, she imagines Lois in, um, with her stab wound in the film. Someone touches her shoulder. When she looks back, she sees her stars, but they are zombies. This was fucking incredible. This was but cool. once again, this yeah. goes very much to Reina's earlier point of this is Giallo not making sense again. But at the same time, this does make sense because she's feeling guilty because she had these people in her films and her stars died and things like that. You, but You still. know what it reminded me of, actually? Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, American Werewolf in London. Mm. Oh, sure. How he's in I the porno theater that. and he starts seeing yeah. like all his victims that he's killed. Wow. That's a great point. Like, like I know it's supposed to be the Giallo angle of it, but like having right. recently rewatched like American Werewolf with my dad, I was like, oh, this is almost like straight up like it, like even like same setting. <laughs> that's that's actually really true. Really, really good point. Damn, what a Do movie too. American Werewolf in London. What a blast. Do you guys think at this point this moment is portrayed because she starts to come to a realization that uh, she created this like trail of deaths and they're kind of on her shoulders on I a do. subconscious level and I, then I, I, consciously yeah. we see it later on be uh, realized Revealed. yeah so this is more of like right. the revelation for the viewer itself it's like I'm about to show you what the true meaning of this entire story really is yeah right and and I do feel like she feels guilty because in her eyes she was responsible for them for their safety and things like that and you know if we're being real about the whole situation she was very naive and in some way mocking of the mm -hmm. situation by using yeah. this as a catalyst for mm -hmm. her her films because she this was happening on a scale of where this was in newspapers and things like that and she used her films to be like oh we're we're mimicking that so like if you're intrigued by that um you can kind of bank off of she, this she, as well she which used is interesting. it as the basis for anal fury 5 exactly <laughs> yeah like just a total like lack of respect for the situation at hand and what was going on in that right like subset of the queer community Absolutely. And it's interesting because like, <laughs> and this is not a knock on like true crime podcasts or anything like that. I love true crime podcasts, but like, this is kind of very similar in that aspect where these are things and situations that have really truly happened. And yet it's utilized as a way to, I guess, speak upon a, a bit deeper or whatever in podcasts to where some people actually get quite famous behind that like for example my favorite murder or something like that so it's kind of like you are profiting off of these people's deaths it sensationalizes but, it rather than you know paying respect exactly exactly so it's just so far that that you can make content that would be apologetic to where now at this point this just feels more like you are 
I don't know. You're just you're just you're just using this for profit. Exploiting it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> exploiting it. I think that was the word I was looking for. <laughs> thank you, Raina. No, um, I'm a walking thesaurus. Don't don't uh, thank me. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. Uh, she screams, waking up from her nightmare. Th- the burn masked man leaves. Cut to Nans going upstairs. A woman asking for for some money for a flashlight. He hands her the money. She takes the fl- um, he takes the flashlight and walks through a lineup of men. Some watching him, pointing a light, others getting it on. The woman is about uh, is about to light a cigarette. The woman is al- about to light a cigarette, but is shocked by someone, and she just immediately hands them a light. Nods lights a cigarette. Meanwhile, Anne is looking at a tra- at a trailer of one of her older films, where a guy gets a guy gets caught with another man by his dad. We transition back to the negative film, where Guy and Hickman get caught. One of them having the, their sexual organs severed. But back with with Anne um, looking at the trailer, the men jumping around at a burning hut. It's interesting about like the their sexual organs getting severed because like the guy is totally holding a vegetable in his hand. You just can't really tell because it's like it's that negative kind of black and white. Couldn't but tell. It, it's totally a gourd. Like <laughs> if you watch this again, it look closely. It's totally a gourd. Um, I only know because I constantly have to pause these movies. <laughs> yeah, during this moment, I like I flinched it. I was like, ah, yeah, that's fair. As that's that's the reaction that you should have. <laughs> she gets up out of the chair, releasing that she is she is the reason why they are all murdered. We get flashes of all of their slayings who were involved in the film. Anne runs out of the theater. Back in the dark red room, the burn man calling for Hickman. When Nons turns around, he sees Hickman... Oh, excuse me. When Nons turns around, he sees um, Guy and continues to call and continues to call for him. Oh, excuse me. Wrong way. When Nons turns around, Guy sees Hickman and continues to call for Hickman. Nons tells him that he has mistaken. Guy pulls out his knife. Anne screams no, calling that he's the killer. He runs, grabbing a hostage, walking him out into the theater. The hostage pulls his mask down, exposing his face and running away. A brave audience member stands up and they just fucking kick his ass. Yeah. Holy holy shit. He swings his knife, but they are they are able to take him. They are punching him around. Person, uh, another person picking up the knife and then just fucking stabbing him repeatedly in his stomach. He starts to cry. Guy dropping to his knees, looking over at Anne sobbing. He collapses to the ground. The grackle lands on his non-breathing chest. Beautiful, beautiful. Ah. We, tra- we, tra- we transition to black and white, the bird flying over Guy's head. The VO of Anne shares the story b- about Guy and Hickman. Th- uh, she says that their love was a secret and endless. Guy lies on Hickman as they caress each other. She continues that they were caught by Guy's dad, defiling them and burning the barn to erase what has, what has been done. She continues speaking on the birds and how they took care of Guy, allowing him to forget about what happened that, that night in the barn. The two hug as Anne's voice trails off, remembering Guy and Hickman. Then we cut to a full-on orgy, y'all. Let's get it. Anne kissing Lois. <laughs> Lois kissing Anne. Put, but, pulled, oh, uh, but we're pulled away. Back to the camera. The lights slowly turn off, leaving everyone in darkness. Anne smiling at Archie, then motherfucking credits. What a beautiful ass way to end this movie straight up with the orgy that was perfect oh yeah it's like society but beautiful (laughs) (laughs) that's true
Oh my god. Oh man, what a fucking ride. I got some questions, but I truly want to save them for the post-show. Um, but this movie was an absolute ride. Absolute ride. God it was a really damn. Was a blast. Yeah. I love this movie. This movie is absolutely fantastic. I, I very much think like if anybody is more interested in what horror has to offer and they're like they want something different this movie will give them that like granted yes this does follow a lot of giallo tropes and things like that but it's not every day that you get to see a very queer horror film like this like it's very kind of quick or um brushed under the rug or something like that or or maybe it's it's in the context but this is very plain clear this is what drives the movie um and it's it's very clear on that aspect but it's it's super interesting really interesting i I, I need to throw this out there that please um, do when i was asked to do this podcast i decided to order it on blu-ray and uh i ended up ordering it from family video and it is very much not a family movie (laughs) 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 oh shit (laughs) Amazing! Yeah. Did you That's did you so get funny. the copy before? What, what, what do you mean? Did you get the copy to before uh, to watch it for this episode? Oh yeah, I've had it for like months now. <laughs> That's oh all, shit! Okay. That's okay. how long okay. we've been talking about this. That's true. That's true. Because you were the first person to know about this month mm-hmm. that we were going to be doing this, and um, you were the first person that hit up. Um, so yeah, that was just quite amazing. Um, the movie facts are not great, so. We're just going to leave it at that. (laughs) But but, um, before we completely conclude, we definitely want to keep this conversation going, everybody. We want to make sure that um, we want to hear from all of you and and just hear what your thoughts are about this film because this film is a blast and we absolutely enjoy it. So we'll definitely keep the conversation going on Twitter at nightlight underscore pod. That's night with a K. You can also... um, hit us up on our personal twitters as well Raina included Raina's twitter is also in the show notes as well um but the next film that we will be covering is spiral with bobby torres and i'm so excited to jump into that with bobby i cannot wait to jump into that film with bobby but before we officially conclude the show Raina, where can people find you so you can find me on twitter and instagram at jfc doomblade yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty simple username. Shout out. It's a good handle. Username. Yeah, Acacia Strain references. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, awesome. that's where you can find me. Um, and then if you're and you interested, also have a show, right? Yeah, if you're interested, I was like, do I plug it or not? But uh, yeah, of plug course, that plug away. Yeah, if you care to listen to my podcast, which where me and a horror newbie, somebody completely new to the genre. Each week we go, I assign her homework essentially, and we deep dive <laughs> on a movie. Um, we are Horror in Session at Horror in Session on Twitter. We are also available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We do have an episode with Prince on uh, Mike there. Flanagan films, and it's Ooh. actually one of our top performing episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Super yeah. stoked about that. That's awesome. Yeah, but definitely give us a listen. Um, we Please got do. some pretty exciting stuff in the works. Um, I'll tell you guys after we're done recording, but it's great. Yeah, what we got hell planned. yeah. Super stoked on that. Sounds <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Reina. Absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was such a blast sitting down with all three of you talking about this wonderful movie. 
who I love showing new people it. <laughs> hell yeah, yeah hell yeah. It. You're invited anytime too. Like yes. by all means. Like if if anything pops up and you just kind of hear me talking about it, and if we're supposedly having it on the show, by all means, just let me know. You're on. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, Likewise, it's been for great you. having you here. Thank Heck you yeah. so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me we had Freddie. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever, also known as Nighty Night. And other in there, we had David. Stay spoopy, everyone. Please. Also known as Nightly. Our efforts to get the show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over on patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. And that's like, what the what? Okay. Ooh, spooky vibes. Ooh. By pledging on Patreon access to the show ad free and as early as Monday as been with a post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember everybody, don't forget your nightlight.